You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. I want to talk this morning about uh, the place that angels have in the story of the birth of Christ. And we find angels over and over and over and over again. Have any of you ever seen an angel? Look, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Every time I look at Debbie, I see an angel. Remember that, sweetie. No, but we, we, we don't really think that much about angels, I don't think. As I was going through seminary and college and Bible and all that, it's like when I came across angels in, in the scriptures, it's kind of like that was for Bible times. You know, they needed angels for that. They needed an angel to wake up somebody and give them a dream or meet them or tell them to get up and go because Herod's going to kill the child or, you know, we need divine instructions. We need to get a slap in the face, you know, boom. But there's always a universal dynamic about angels that I I just find is, is just really interesting. Every time they appear, everybody's afraid. I can't think of one instance in Scripture where an angel angel appears without somebody being taken back, except for possibly some of those manifestations in the Old Testament where they come up and they they think that they're two men, and they just think that they're they're men. Their their angelicness is kind of hidden. But when they come with that moment of touched by an angel and the light shine, no, I I don't think that's quite how that happens. But I've been interested that when I look at angels, almost all our artwork of angels are feminine. Have you noticed that? Sweet little angels with their little wings. Oh, they just look so adorable, so cute and everything. I want to encourage you to get the book by Michael Van Vlyman about angels. It's his artwork. Michael Van Vlyman is, is a, a guy that I've, I've met and I've had the privilege of praying with him. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man. He, he walks in the supernatural things of God. Just, uh, just thrills my heart every time I get to be near him. But his artwork of angels is like nothing I've ever seen. First of all, you know, every place in the scripture where I find angel, it's always kind of a masculine form. It's not a feminine. And I'm thinking, huh? You know, Michael, it's not Michelle, it's Michael. It's Gabriel, it's not Gabriella. It's Gabriel, and so we get some of this. Ladies, I'm not trying to put you in your place today or anything like that. It's, it's just, you're hanging on all the Christmas ornaments and all the places, but when you, when you look at some of the artwork, and, and Michael has seen angels, and I think some of the pictures are, are of those of angels that he's seen, that he's drawn, his artwork is absolutely fantastic. It's amazing stuff, but they are, terrifying. They're ripped. They've been to God's gym and and they are strong and they always have swords 
And it's just amazing. You, you got it. If you have never seen a, a real look at an angel, get with me after the service. My iPad's right over here, and I will show you what they look like. They are amazing. So as, as, as we look at the Christmas story, once again, Advent 3, Joy, we're going to look at the passage of Scripture and notice what the angels are doing. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, we ask that this morning you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. We ask that as we look with great anticipation for the advent of the Lord Jesus, his second coming, we ask, Lord, that you would give us that hope and give us that joy in anticipation of his full manifestation for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So where do we find angels in the Advent story? It begins with Zechariah. Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. His wife, Elizabeth, they haven't been able to have a child and it's his once in a lifetime opportunity to minister in the temple. And as he goes into the temple, there he has an encounter with an angel. What's the angel got to say? Don't be afraid. Always got to say that. Don't be afraid. Why? Because <laughs> he was standing to the right of the candlestick and he was afraid. Matter of fact, the scripture says, you know, the angels were terrified. But look what it says here. It says he was gripped with fear. Well, I'm worried that I've got too much scripture to read to you and my voice is very soothing and will put you to sleep. <laughs> and we'll have to wake you up for lunch. But uh, here's, what, here's how it's recorded in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. That would qualify as terrified. Okay? Terrified. And there's something about the presence of God. I love, I love his presence when 
It's just warm and you're just overwhelmed with his comfort and his love and his mercy and his kindness. But I've been in his presence where I was so terrified. I couldn't speak and I couldn't even find language to describe the terror that I felt. It was not horror, but it was terror. I was gripped with fear. A holy fear? His presence will do that. Keep pursuing the presence of the Lord. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. I hope Zach heard what the angel said. I hope he got over the being gripped with fear and he could hear the announcement. Your prayer has been heard. Well, would you like to hear that? Yeah, come speak, Lord. Send your angels. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be, full, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. <coughs> These are the aspects of a Nazarite vow that those that were really serious, devout followers of the Lord, most oftentimes priests, would follow. Uh, Samson remember Samson in the Old Testament? He was a Nazarite. However, he drank, he touched things he wasn't supposed to, he did all sorts, he broke all the Nazarite vows, but there was still power that worked through him. Interesting. So here, the Holy Spirit, from, very, from the very uh, birth of John, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Amazing. So not touching uh, fermented drink, some would even get so, so far as, as trying to protect their, their status, their, their vow, that they wouldn't even need a grape. They wouldn't even need a raisin. They stayed away from all of that. That's how serious this was. Many of the people of Israel he will bring back to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the wise, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow. You know, it's, it's really interesting at this time of the year, we've got a, a secular thing with Christmas going on, and we've got a sacred thing with Christmas going on. And, and within the church, within the Christian community, we, we understand the reason why we celebrate. The secular is celebrating all sorts of wonderful stuff as well. The fear of many is that somehow the true meaning of what Christmas is will be lost. And it's, it, it, it always amazes me, you're gonna probably offend one or both groups at some point in your life. Uh, if you have Santa in the fellowship hall for a Christmas gathering, there will be some very strict religious people that will be upset. We're not having Santa in here. That is secular, that's of the world. 
And, uh, and then you go to the world and you're at a, a Christmas party and a secular workplace and all of a sudden uh, over the intercom comes some Christmas carols. Huh, Hark the Herald? Yeah, it's got the whole gospel in it. You know, they're hearing the whole gospel. And they're thinking, oh, couldn't we have uh, played Jingle Bells instead? And so we, we've got this dichotomy taking off in, in our culture. And it's like, okay, let's take advantage of the secular and infiltrate it with the love of the Father. That's not taking your Bible and beating people. That's being kind and being loving and reminding them of how good and wonderful Jesus is without being preachy and without being arm twisting, but just being the manifestation of the love of God in the earth to another individual at that moment. And as that touches them, that will probably pierce their heart far deeper than your gospel track, your Bible verse, when they see the manifestation of love, everyone recognizes that, if you're a human being. And even for some canines, I know Chewie recognizes love. He, he loves it when I come and start showing him acts of love, and he's just gonna eat them all up Mm-hmm. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. A statement of faith. Not. It's like, hmm. The angel answered, and I, I, I get a kick out of this. This is, this is my interpretation of this. This is how I read the scripture. At this point, Gabriel puts his wings on his hips. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Man, I, I, I can feel that even as I say that. I mean, here, here's Zechariah, a priest, having an angelic experience and he is getting a little angel attitude. It's like, oh, you don't believe me? Hmm. I have come, I have been sent by God to bring you this good news. And because you didn't believe it, okay? It's stated in the scripture. Because you did not believe, you're not gonna talk until the baby's born. Wow. So that's angel number one. Then we go to where am I? Oh, this is page two. Good, good, good. Now we're ready for Mary. <laughs> I'm saying I'm out of order. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel, same angel. To Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be a, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, which is significant. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Have you heard that this morning? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, King David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Same question, different heart. How's this going to happen? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servants, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Gabriel shows up in person to Zechariah and to Mary, announcing good news and telling them what the will of the Father is and releasing it to them. Now, Joseph, her fiance, is not quite with it yet. And so he's planning on privately divorcing because in the culture, when you're betrothed, when you're engaged, that is a legal connection. And so now he's going to go through the process of getting unbetrothed to marry. But he has a visit from an angel in a dream. Oh, it's a little different, huh? A little different. If Gabriel's standing right here and I can see him, that's one thing. If I have a dream, there must have been such a reality in that dream that he didn't wake up and say, what kind of anchovies did they have on that pizza? Because <laughs> when he woke up, he obeyed. And so this is Joseph's angel. Beginning in verse 20, he says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of me. It's a dream, so he's, he's not afraid in the dream. Do not be afraid of Mary. <laughs> Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Wow. 
Angels are all over the Christmas story. And so we see with Zechariah, we see with Mary, we see with Joseph, and now Mary's giving birth in Bethlehem, and there are the shepherds taking care of their flock. And an angel comes and speaks, and they're scared to death, they're terrified. And he says, don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. This isn't us for no more. Anytime you find a branch of Christianity that is exclusive, it's not of God. It's not the Lord. That is not the way it is. I've been around those and it's just like, it embarrasses me when they act like if you don't get baptized this way, then you're not really saved. And if you don't do that, and it's us for no more. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is good news for all people. Outside of our ethnic, outside of our nationality, if you live on planet Earth, and possibly beyond, I don't know, but definitely if you live on planet Earth, this good news is for you. Because today, that very day, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you because you need a savior to free you from all the ravages of this world, of all the darkness, of all the way in which we imprison ourselves with the choices that we make, trying to meet legitimate needs illegitimately. And usually by the time we get a clue, we're in a dungeon and we need rescued, we need a savior. He is Christ the Lord. He is Messiah, Adonai. He is the Messiah and he is the Lord. For the Hebrew people, when they'd come to the place where God's name was, the four consonants that represent the name of God, which we now call Yahweh, when they would come to that in scripture, they would not say Yahweh because it was such a sacred thing, it's such a holy thing, they, they wouldn't say Yahweh. I, I'm not sure, but I, that could be true of Jews even today. I, I'm not positive. I'm trying to remember, because we went to a bat mitzvah and a bar mitzvah and there was all sorts of scripture that was read. Um, but when they came to the, to the name for God, they would substitute instead of Yahweh, they would say Adonai which is the Lord. This is the Messiah, the Lord. This is God. Make no, no mistake about it. And to top it off, just give you a sign. You're gonna find him in a food bowl for the animals. That's where you find him. He's gonna be wrapped up in some cloth and he's gonna be in a feeding trough. Hmm. And as they're given this announcement to the shepherds, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. It's really interesting. I get real kind of analytical with the scripture sometimes. It's part of my Methodist training <laughs> at Asbury Theological Seminary. It, it, 
So are, are these all angels? Because in, in the later verse, down at the, down at the end, it says, the angels left them and went into heaven. We have a manifestation in the sky, the evening sky, of what is taking place in heaven. We get a, a, a snapshot and we see the heavenly hosts, the angels, glorifying God. And we know that that's what they do from the book of Revelation, that they're around the throne and they're praising and they're worshiping and they're giving glory, honor, and praise to the Lord. Mm. And here they're doing it here. And who are they around? The shepherds? Well, I think this is a manifestation that went beyond just the geographical locale of the shepherds. I think it covered all the way to the manger. It covered all the way to where they were giving glory to God for Jesus in the manger. And they left and went into heaven. That's good news. That's good news for us. It's for every one of us. If you are in a place where you need rescued, ah, you have a savior. He has, he has done everything for you to be free from whatever is trying to hold you captive. Let's take our communion. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the Christ, the Son of the Most High God. We thank you that we have it written in our Bibles that we can read. But we thank you that those stories tells us of how incredibly important this message was, that you sent the beings that reside in your presence and you sent them here. First your son, and then the holy angels to tell us who he is and worship him. And so we worship you. We give you thanks. We declare that you are the bread of life, that you give every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we receive the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and we give you thanks and we eat in remembrance of you. Mm, yes. We take the cup. Mm. Sometimes the only adjective that we have that we can describe the blood is that it is absolutely precious. The precious blood of Jesus. We know that one drop of your blood is enough to atone for all the sins in the universe. And so we take this that represents your blood and we say, Lord, we receive it with thanksgiving and we drink it 
in remembrance of you. As the worship team comes to close us with our last song, I want to encourage you that because you haven't seen an angel necessarily, doesn't mean that they're not around. There are times I've, I've, never, I've never seen an angel yet, yet, but I felt their presence and I've known that they were here. And I want to encourage you to just open. The, the whole thing of, of talking about angels today is not so that we'll worship angels, nor is it that we'll be afraid of demons, because what are demons? They're fallen angels. And right now we got a two to one ratio in our favor. For every demon, there's two angels. And so we have that dynamic. But I share this message with you this way to encourage you that we have resources in the kingdom of God that we're not even aware of. And so when you need assistance, cry out to Jesus, cry out to the Holy Spirit, but if they say, have your angel take care of it, just say, angel, would you, would you fight this one? There may be a battle that is a little more than you can do. And you can just say, Lord, let your angel fight this one. We've got so much, I, I, I'm 68 in one day, and I feel like I'm in kindergarten as far as what I understand concerning the Lord's kingdom. But I want to, I want to appropriate everything that is ours to appropriate and not leave anything left unknown. And so I hope you're getting stretched or you're, you're getting encouraged to let's believe and let's see what happens. It's okay to ask how, but make sure you're asking how with a, with a heart of belief. <laughs> Not like, how can that happen? <laughs> no, how? And, and let's see what he does. Let's stand as we sing. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.